The book of Romans, chapter number 1, and uh, verse number 16. And uh, this will be our text for this evening. Uh, Looking at the gospel of Jesus Christ and considering the question, why is it good news? And so this is a familiar text to us, many of us, most of us. Um, and, uh, uh, but it's a good text for us to revisit often, amen? And so Romans chapter 1 and verse number 16, uh, there the Bible says this, Paul wrote, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. Father, we love you. I ask that, uh, Lord, I ask that the praise of our hearts that we have given was, was sweet in your sight. Lord, I I pray, I pray you'd help us to glorify and praise you, our God, with every chance we get. And Lord, now as we turn to your word, I pray that you'd help us to see that, Lord, worshiping you and praising you is accomplished in how we hear and how we obey what you have written to us. Help us, I pray, to hear from you tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And so church... As we move into the summer season, we're honestly moving into a season of pretty pointed outreach. We talked about our blitz coming up where we're going to be blitzing the city of Clyde with uh, VBS and the gospel literature. We've got the Vacation Bible School coming up. We've got the fair ministry coming up. We've got weekly outreach that's taking place every Wednesday night. And outside, who do you see? Your neighbors and your friends and people like that. I'm going to tell you, this is a unique season of pointed outreach, and it is a special time. And the outreach that we do as a church, it is marked by the good news of Jesus. It's not marked by helping people feel better or helping people belong in here, there, or wherever. It is about the good news of Jesus Christ. If you know anything about the life of the Apostle Paul, Romans 1 and verse 16 almost served as an anthem for this man's life and ministry. Paul was a man consumed with the gospel. It was his burden. If you look back at Romans 1 and verse number 14, Paul wrote this. He said, I am a debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, to the wise and the unwise. The gospel was a burden for the apostle Paul. It was also his boldness. Look at verse 15. He said, so as much as is in me, he says, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are in Rome also. It was his burden, it was his boldness, everywhere and everyone got the gospel from the Apostle Paul. So much so that the Apostle Paul summarized his life and ministry in Acts 20 and verse 26, where he said, Wherefore I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men. Paul says, I am guiltless in my ministry because everywhere and everyone has gotten the gospel. When Paul was in the synagogue, he preached the gospel. When Paul was in the marketplace, he preached the gospel. When Paul was in prison, what do you think he did? He preached the gospel. To the rich, he preached the gospel. To the poor, he. To the religious, he. To the demon-possessed, he. To the Greek, to the Jew, to everyone in between, it was the gospel. When people listened to him, he preached the gospel. When people mocked him, he. When people mobbed him, he, when people stoned him, he, when shipwrecked, he, when slandered, he, and even eventually when he was mocked, mobbed, and murdered, martyred for his faith, what did he do? He preached the gospel. 
Truly, Paul was not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Now, we know this. Gospel means what? The word gospel simply means good news. It means good news. And the gospel, the good news of Jesus, really is the best news that humanity could ever hear. But tonight, I want to look from Romans chapter 1 and verse 16 and understand why is it such good news that Paul made it the anthem of his life? And why it is such good news that we should make it the anthem of our mission as a Christian and as a church. Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, Paul wrote, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Why is it good news? Well, the gospel of Jesus is good news, number one, because of its strength. It's good news, number one, because of the, its strength. Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God. You see the supremacy in that statement? It is the power of God. And I'm going to tell you, it is good news because the greatness and grace of our God is greater than sin, period. Romans chapter 5 and verse number 20, Paul wrote, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, what does it say? Grace did much more abound. Hey, I'm going to tell you, that's good news. That's good news. It is supreme in its power because this, the gospel, is the miracle-working, supernatural power inherently residing in God Himself. Think about this. On day one, God created what? Light and darkness. Why He created light. Let there be light. When was the sun created? Day four. So there was light for three days before there was a sun. Evolutionists will say, ah, there's a contradiction. Except Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Except when it comes to eternity, the Bible makes it very clear. We have no need of the light of the sun. Why? Because the Lamb is the light thereof. I'm going to tell you, the same God who could give us light with no sun, the same God who could take clay, mold it, and breathe into it the breath of life, why, I'm going to tell you, coming from that God, boy, that's good news. Because there's nothing quite so strong as our God. His power is good news. We see it, His supreme power. This is the supreme power that defeated death, hell, and the grave. Romans chapter 1 and verse number 4 reminds us of this, how Jesus was declared to be the Son of God with power. According to the spirit of holiness, by what? By the resurrection from the dead. Why is the gospel of Jesus good news? Well, it's good news because of its strength. It is the power of God. But it's not just the power of God. It is the power of God unto salvation. So here's the thing. The good news is that Jesus doesn't make you a better man. He makes you a new man. And there's a big difference. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, we're informed that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. If you read the Pauline epistles, you can't miss it. When a man gets saved, he gets taken from darkness to light, from death to life, from the kingdom of Satan to the kingdom of our God, from far from God to the family of God. It Changes forever when a man gets saved. It is the power of God 
unto salvation. To make you a better man, he makes you a new man. It's not about a better life, but a spiritual life, an eternal life. And I remind us at this point, and there's a lot of things out there that claim to have good news. You go turn on the news, and the political party that currently has the microphone is going to claim to be the answer to all of your problems. They are. And if you change the channel and the other one has the microphone, they are going to claim to be the answer of all, to all of your problems. If you just elect their man, if you just do their policy, if you just follow them, politics claims to have the good news. I'm going to tell you, the good news of the political system will leave you wanting. You know, money claims to have good news. You know, if, if <laughs> the good news of money is if you just had a little more, everything would be okay. That's the good news money offers. If you just had a little bit more, all your problems would go away. Except if you look at the experience of mankind and you read after Solomon in Proverbs and Solomon in Ecclesiastes, you'll recognize money doesn't have really the answer to any of your problems. It's empty. The world will tell you education is good news. Boy, if we could just educate man, all our problems would go away. Social justice and the equity movement will tell you, hey, all we need to do is liberate man from his captive past. And boy, that'll solve all our problems. You know, even religion will tell you if you just drink the Kool-Aid, and all your problems will go away. But I'm going to tell you, man has tried all of those and more. And all of those fall short of man's true need. Because only Jesus can free a man from his burden of sin. And only Jesus can give sure hope of eternal life. I love what George said earlier. You know, there's a lot of junk going on, but I'm not afraid of the future. Why is that? Because the good news of Jesus Christ is the power of God unto salvation. Only Jesus can save to the uttermost. And hear me, church, that is good news. Why is the gospel of Jesus Christ good news? Number one, because of church, because of its strength. Number two, why is the gospel of Jesus Christ good news? Number one, because of its strength. Number two, because of its sufficiency. Paul goes on to say, All, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation... To everyone. To everyone. Think about that. There is no one that is too high as to be above their need for the gospel of Christ. Have you recognized we live in a dirty, dirty world? There's a ton of junk out there. If you don't believe me, go to Walmart. Go to Walmart. And instead of like blinders and running for the aisle, just stand there for like five minutes and watch people. We live in a messed up world. Don't believe me? Go to Cedar Point. I was at the mechanics yesterday. And I don't know what happened, but the lady in front of me was not happy. And I mean... It was not a pretty scene in many, many regards. And it was one of those days, I honestly didn't know whether to like pop the popcorn or like run and hide. Like it was horribly uncomfortable. But uh, good night. 
Went to the hospital last week for a routine kind of test checkup. And I was amazed, even what I saw walking around the hospital as doctors and nurses. People are sick in sin. Sin has a hold on this world in such a grotesque way. It's a sin-sick world full of sin-sick people. The problem is, though, while the world has gotten bolder, the church has gotten bashful. You recognize that no one is righteous before God on their own merits. You recognize that no one is beyond needing Jesus Christ. How many of you have ever misread a situation before? And it gotten awkward, like, when's the baby due? Like, don't misread that situation. (laughs) You know, whether or not a person needs Jesus is never a situation you can misread. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't realize that you were, uh-uh. Everyone needs Jesus. You realize there is no one that you will meet who is so high and so holy on their own right that they're good enough for God on their own. Romans chapter 3, verse number 10 reminds us that there is none righteous. No, not one. Verse 23 says, for all have sinned. And come short of the glory of God. So you think about the sufficiency. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone. What are we worried about? Everybody needs this. So what are we worried about? You know, you can think about it the other way. Not only is there none so high, there is none so heinous. As this isn't good news for them. You know, there's a ditch on both sides of this road. One is where we get real bashful. And we, 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 we kind of cower before the world. Well, I don't want to look dumb, and I don't want to make them feel like I'm, I'm judging them. And so we kind of cower before the world. And, you know, the ditch on the other side is that we just look down our sanctified, hypocritical noses and condemn them. You know, church, we got to be careful about that. Pharisaically looking down our sanctified noses and writing people off. Thinking people are too dirty, people are too far gone. You know, God doesn't give up on people. Second Peter chapter 3 reminds us that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. First Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 4 talks about God, God who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. What did Jesus say in Luke chapter 19 and verse number 10? For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Hey, how lost is too lost? No, if they're lost, the Son of Man has come to seek and save them. And if that's why Jesus had come If we're going to be his body, that better be why we exist too. No one is so high that they don't need Jesus. No one is so heinous that they are beyond the help and grace of Jesus. It's good for us to remember there is no pit so deep that his grace is not deeper. Hebrews 7 and verse number 25 tells us this. Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost. That come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. And that church, that's good news. That's good news. 
So why is the gospel of Jesus Christ good news? Number one, church, it's good news. Why? Because of its strength. It is the power of God unto salvation. Why is the gospel of Jesus Christ number, good news? Number two, because of its sufficiency. It's the power of God unto salvation unto everyone. Why is the gospel of Christ good news? Number three, because of its simplicity. Because of its simplicity. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. To everyone that believeth. If we consider the law of God, consider this. God's law explains our problem. We've already talked about it. All are born in sin. All fall short of God's standard. If I'm soul winning with somebody, what, what I'll often do is we'll talk about the reality that we've all sinned. We've all broken God's commands. You can go to the Ten Commandments and we'll, we'll all agree. You know what? I'm a sinner. You know, you agree you're a sinner. If I'm going out with uh, maybe David Wyrick, I'm using you a lot tonight, but that's all right. So if I'm going out with David Wyrick, I'll say David Wyrick's the biggest, one of the biggest sinners I know. Like we're all sinners. Amen. That's humanity's problem. That's my problem. That's your problem. We all sin. We're all sinners. We all fall short of God's standard. And we cannot go the way we are born naturally headed and make it to heaven. Ezekiel chapter 18 and verse number 4. I picked this one. I could have picked many. Uh, the Lord says, all souls are mine as the soul of the Father. So the soul of the Son is mine. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. The wages of sin is death. That if we go the direction we are born naturally heading, we will die and then die eternally. Heaven is not the default destination. Hell is. And that runs in the face of what the world believes. That runs in the face of what a lot of churches teach. But heaven is not the default destination. People don't just make it to heaven. Humanity cannot go the way we are born naturally headed and make it. And so when we consider the gospel, you know, the bridge out sign should read, bridge is out. You know, churches sometimes, we want to make the message less offensive. And so instead of saying, bridge is out, turn around now, we'll say something like, well, you know, there may be some engineering difficulties ahead. Proceed with caution. And, and, and we, we, we make it sound like, well, you know, but maybe, but no. Unless you repent and believe the gospel, ye shall all likewise perish. And church, the bridge is out sign ought to say that the bridge is out. Turn around now. And is it offensive? Yeah? Who likes to be told they're wrong? Who likes to be told they're wrong? You know what I have found? Is I have had to address, address things in my pastoral ministry. That like 99% of the time, we all agree that no one's perfect. But if I've ever had to say, hey, you shouldn't do this. 99% of the time, well... Why? Because none of us like to be told we're wrong. 
None of us like to be told we're sinful. None of us like to be told. We all know we fall short, but none of us like to be told where we fall short and how we fall short. And I'm going to tell you, if that's how we as Christians respond, how do you think the lost world is going to respond? But here's the thing. You cannot take the offense out of the gospel. You cannot take the offense from the good news. When we see it in Scripture, I started quoting it earlier, Romans 6. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. That's offensive. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And here's why. Leave that verse up if you would, Evan. Because if you don't grasp the shocking declaration of God's law, if you don't grasp that you are a wicked, rebellious, God-hating sinner who is rightfully on his way to hell, If you don't grasp that, if you don't grasp the shocking declaration of God's law, then you can never really grasp the shocking depth of God's love. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. God's love is so simple that even a child can understand and receive it. That yes, I fall short. Yes, I sin. But God so loved me right where I was. But he loved me too much to leave me there. And that there is no love like the love of God for me. John 15 in verse 13, Jesus said, This greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Romans chapter 5, beginning in verse number 7, Paul says, Scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth, he demonstrated his love towards us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. For God so loved the world, John wrote, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And that church, that's good news. That's good news. I'm going to tell you, there's nothing like the gospel of Christ. There's nothing like the good news of Jesus. You've seen those medication commercials? Where brand new medication, just now, FDA approved. And if you take this medication, all your arthritis pain and all your uh, uh, whatever other pain you have. I don't know. We listen to a lot of arthritis commercials, I guess. Uh, all your pains and your tummy pains and your bone pains and your brain pains and all your pains go away. Oh, if you just take this medicine, life will be perfect. You'll probably live forever, Micah. Just take this medicine once a day, once a week. I don't know. But if you take it, you're going to have a great life. And you're like, where do I sign up? Side effects may include for like the next 35 seconds, right? And you better believe, give it three years, and you're going to see another commercial. We represent the law offices of Allen, 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 and Allen, and Allen. If you've ever taken this medication, call now to be a part of our class action lawsuit. But the good news of Jesus, no caveats, no asterisks, 
no fine print, no nasty side effects. I'm going to tell you, this is truly good news. You say, preacher, it's a Wednesday night crowd. We know this. Why are we talking about this? Because church, hear me. Church matters too much for us to spend our mission on anything else. And I'm all about helping and ministering and touching people and doing all that we can. But we do it in the name of the good news of Jesus. That he died, was buried, and rose again for our sins. And he invites whosoever will to come. Because if all we do is feed them and pat them on the back and they die and go to hell, let me ask you, what good was it? If all we do is send the kids to the back and they have a good time for a couple of nights in the summer, but they die and go to hell because no one ever told them Jesus saves, what good is it? We're not here to help people just feel better. We're here to introduce them to Jesus. And church matters too much. For us to spend our time, our treasure, our talents, our influence on lesser things. Everything we do, every ministry we have, every day we live. This isn't just a Sunday, Wednesday thing. Every day we live. Let's live it to the anthem of, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Tonight I invite us in a time of invitation as the musicians are coming. I invite us to do a couple of things. Number one, as we think about the good news, could we take some time tonight and thank God for our salvation? If you know the Lord Jesus as your Savior, we ought to thank Him for that every day. Thank God for your salvation. Could we tonight, during the time of invitation, take some time and pray for the salvation of someone you know and love? How many of us tonight, with an upraised hand, would say, I know somebody who's not saved? How many of us? Hands all over. I know somebody who's not saved. Hey, can we take some time tonight and pray for that person? That God would open their heart to the gospel message. Can we take some time tonight and pray for the effectiveness of our church as we take the good news to our community? Can we take some time tonight and commit to our Savior that we will not be ashamed? And lastly tonight, if there's one here, and you've never received the Lord Jesus as your Savior. Oh, maybe you've known about God or you've heard these things, but there's never been a point in time when you have turned from your sin and turned to the Savior. Tonight, would you get saved? Would you come to Christ? Would you receive Him? If you have any questions about what it means to be a Christian, to be saved, get my attention, get someone's attention. We'd love to take the Bible and show you what that means.